All right, we're on. We're back today. Third episode of the Under the Number podcast. This time with Ian Book, former Notre Dame starting quarterback. I think the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Uh, currently a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're catching him right before he heads into OTAs um, prior to uh, going back to California where we've got him today. So, Ian, thanks for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk. Yeah, no problem. We, I, I spoke to KJ Costello from our first episode to see about some guys who he would refer, who he thought might be interesting to talk to. Your name was one of the first ones that came up. Um, your recruiting path was not the most direct, if I remember properly. You were a three-star, right? Played at Oak Ridge, which... Is Oak Ridge a powerhouse? Is it considered a, good, a top I mean, tier we, program? It was good. I mean, it still is good. I would say I think it's the Trinity League is the one in, in SoCal that's considered the best yeah. high school um, football in California. But when we were growing up, I mean, at least from what I remember, I think we were second, our league or whatever, second or third. So good, good California football. Um, so I would say so I wouldn't say powerhouse, but we're pretty good, man. It's a good group of guys. You know, we play – you guys have probably heard of Folsom High School. Like, that's our big rival. So, yep. you know, NorCal's got good sports, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And did you always know, was it Oak Ridge? Was that, like, a feeder yeah. path all the way since you were a kid? You I grew home. up in El Dorado Hills my whole life. Um, that's the district, you know, that works with Oak Ridge. So I knew I was going to be going there. Work, you know, went through the junior Trojan, junior program, Pop Warner stuff. Um, once I started playing football in third grade, eight, eight years old. So been in that junior junior program the whole time so it was pretty clear i was going to go there okay got it and i can tell i mean anyone who's watched your game it's funny that you're listed particularly if you watch your high school highlight tape it's honestly kind of funny that you were listed as a pro style because yeah, you can it's... you can definitely move and you're definitely agile did you grow up playing multiple sports yeah grew up playing i mean i'd say my first love was probably basketball grew up thought basketball would be the, the sport i try to go for um and then did baseball a little bit, stopped playing baseball and started playing lacrosse. And uh, same thing with football. My brother went out and I I always had a good arm. I feel like I always was, you know, I guess born to be a thrower at some sort because I was a pitcher in baseball. And then in football, I liked throwing. And I went to my brother's practice and I was just throwing on the sideline. I just, we were, just went with my dad to pick him up. I didn't really ever. I was doing flag football at the time and was kind of yeah. cool, kind of cool with that. Yeah. And the coach came over, and I remember he told my dad, he's like, this guy's got a good arm. Does he want to come out next year? And to make a long story short, I went out that following year and wasn't a huge fan. It was cool, but um, you know, I wouldn't say I loved it. And then just kind of kept doing it with my brother, kept trying it. And I just took like one, one season where I was like, this is pretty sweet. Met all my friends and never stopped playing since then. Did it take one dominant season for you to fall in love with it once you were kind of put up know some numbers? I don't know. I mean, we actually were, maybe. We were really good my first year <laughs> junior program. Uh, yeah. I want to say we went under. So maybe that was it, but, which is which is kind of cool. But I just remember, like, my first time playing, we had, like, a scrimmage against this team called Oakmont. I've talked about this a ton in podcasts and stuff, but I got nailed in the back, had no back plate, and was just like, what am I doing out here? This doesn't seem <laughs> sweet. And then uh, just kept going kept playing with my uh, football with my brother in the backyard and then something changed. I don't know, man. I met my buddies and just like really loved, you know, the goal of trying to put 11 guys out there and everyone's got to do their job just to make something work right. So I thought that was pretty cool at a young age and played ever since. That's awesome. Did you lock in in high school? Were you a single sport athlete once you got to Oak Ridge? Once I got to high school, um, I remember having a talk with my dad as a freshman. He was like, I was doing lacrosse, basketball and football. And we just kind of had to talk like, hey, is football the sport you want to uh, take seriously and, and go to the next level? And I was a freshman, and I was like, yeah, I think it's it's definitely the sport. So I stopped playing basketball, and in my offseason sport was lacrosse. So I still did lacrosse all the way up until my senior year uh, just to stay active. You know, I was playing attack, working on agility and staying in conditioning and all that all that stuff. So it was a great offseason sport. Yeah, I bet. So – you won a lot of games in high school. When did you first start garnering attention from coaches? Were you getting like, I'm sure like everyone else who 
you know, could make a little bit of noise. Everyone gets the like stock mail starting mm-hmm. like freshman, sophomore yeah. year. That's so exciting. You think you're like going to end up with all these offers because <laughs> you've got like, sure. I mean, I had like USC envelopes showing up. I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Um, but when did that turn into legitimate personalized attention and like outreach from some of these guys? So I'd say my freshman year, I played on the freshman team. We went undefeated. And then there was talks of, you know, I remember my dad saying sophomore year, I probably won't play JV, probably go up to varsity. Just the coaches are pulling me up, whatever. So that's yeah. when stuff started to get serious, my sophomore year. So I got pulled up to varsity and um, I ended up going down to camp, you know, as a sophomore with, with the varsity guys to University of San Diego. Uh, there was a seven on seven challenge. There's all these team drills, whatever, all these scrimmages and uh, was able to, to get my, my first, actually, my first offer was the University of Idaho, which just came kind of out of nowhere, which was awesome. And then I went down to University of San Diego for that high school camp and was able to get another offer. And then that's when I, I feel like things started to started to get rolling a little bit. And then, um, you know, obviously played varsity for the next three years. And like you said, got those letters and thought they meant something. I think yeah. it was just the recruiting game is different. Like, it's crazy. I feel like you get one offer and then other teams are like, oh, you have an offer. We'll give you an offer, too. But getting that first one's a big deal. So getting that first one my sophomore year was was awesome, was was very excited. I actually ended up taking a visit to the University of Idaho because I was like, you guys were the first guys here. You know, let's check it out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sophomore year. Yeah. Got it. I think so. Was that that USD tournament? We went down for a big seven on seven tournament there. My high school did. Did you really? shocked if it was the what same one as a big tournament, Santa Barbara High. I remember, I remember we played. Yeah. The, the memorable thing I have from that is that we actually we we're very, you know, run of the mill program, but we did exceptionally well in that tournament, and we ended up losing in like the semis to this kid who was so unbelievably good. Flew in from Arizona on this team. Brian this guy Wilkie? looks like a child. Looks like a child, and uh, I'm like, and we then hear, yeah, he's in. He just finished eighth grade. He's going. He's not even in high school yet. Won the oh. whole tournament, and it was Spencer Rattler. Really? So I must have been yeah. there at a different time. because Maybe it was a different that, year. I was down at the university. We stayed there in the dorms, University of San Diego. Okay. And then we were winning in seven on, and so was this other team. And then our championship seven on seven game was against a team from Arizona. So I thought it was the same, but it was, I don't know if you remember, Brian Lewerke. He went to Michigan, Michigan State. State. It yeah. was him. So kind of funny. He was older at that time, but um, I think we were probably there at different times. He was an Elite 11 guy. Did you ever go? Did you go to that Elite 11? I'm sure you were invited to a regional. Yeah, I did the regional, and then um, I didn't end up going any farther than that. So I loved it. I grew up watching it. I kind of wish I did do it, but I actually ended up doing, you know, this, uh, like, charity dance event that I went to. It was called uh, Evening of Dreams. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it, but it was like, it it was pretty cool. It's this dance, you know, put on in Sacramento where you go to it. so I ended up doing that the day of the Elite 11. So I didn't end up going. But I did grow up watching Elite 11. Definitely wanted to be one of those guys. It was a pretty cool show. They did a great job with that. Yeah. I, uh, so, okay, so you get that first offer from Idaho. And how were your, in terms of personal performance, I know the team was pretty consistent, but personal performance sophomore year to junior year, Yeah. was there a big a, jump for you? Well, I had a great sophomore year. We went to um, – I feel like that was kind of my coming out party. First time playing varsity. Uh, we, I, I want to say, maybe lost one game. I think we lost to Folsom. Uh, and then we ended up going to the section championship game against Folsom. And we lost to them again. But it was a great year. My junior year was tough. Um, you know, we didn't even make playoffs my junior year. And then we had a really good senior year. So I kind of went up and down a little bit. But yeah. I uh, was able to have some steady performances throughout those three years and just keep the ball rolling on recruiting. Um, like I said, kind of get one offer and let the other ones kind of just come on in as they as they do. But I always tell kids when they ask me or younger guys in high school, like, if you just focus on football and hanging out with your guys and being a good player and teammate, the offers will come as they should. You know, there's not amazing players that are, like, hidden and they never get an offer. Like, stuff gets noticed. The word gets – it works itself out essentially so able to have a good sophomore year build it junior year senior year you know three star i, I was happy with it i was cool with it um like i so said were I some of the other offers in there i was a big you know i had a lot of pac-12 offers mountain west that was kind of my that was kind of where i was focused on i wanted to play in the pac-12 my whole entire life that was kind of my goal i grew up 
being a huge UCLA fan. That was kind of my dream school. Was in talks with them, which which felt like for years. I thought I would get that offer eventually. Ended up going down for a visit. Uh, never did. It was weird. And as you might know, I kind of got the offers that like I wanted so badly after I committed. Funny how that works. It's like teams did are you? scared. They're they're scared to offer you, and then you commit somewhere, and they're like, "Man, we had one for you." And it's like this game, sure. as you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I ended up getting Cal really late. Went to all the Arizona schools. Did those visits. Uh, had Boise State, Washington State. Um, nothing crazy, but was very happy with what I had. I, I committed to Washington State, was committed there for three months, um, and then ended up getting a Notre Dame offer, like I said, late. And then felt like I kind of owed it to myself to go out to Notre Dame just check that place out. It speaks for itself. And I never wanted to be the guy to decommit, but took a visit out there and was like, man, this is this is the, the golden standard here. So I ended up making the switch. Were you sold as soon as you stepped foot on campus? Yeah, so, I mean, this story's out there as well, but, like, I wanted – I put the tweet out that I'm 110% committed to Washington State, and if you would have asked me back then, I would have told you it didn't matter who offered me. Like, I, I hated that kids do that back then, and yeah. now it's like people do it all the time. So common. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to Washington State. I'm going to join the air raid. I'm pumped. Can't wait. Um, but there was a coach named Mike Sanford, and he was at Boise State. I was going to commit to Boise State, and he left. And I was like, damn, that's kind of my end there. So he left, and he went to Notre Dame. So when he left, I went to uh, Washington State and committed there. So for three months, I'm committed, don't hear anything. And then he calls me. He's like, hey, remember me? I was like, of course. And he was like, I'm at Notre Dame, all settled now. I've been talking with Coach Kelly, and uh, you're still at the top of our board for the 16 class, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, all right, cool, man. I'm committed, like whatever. So I told my mom, I was like, yeah, Notre, or I told my parents, yeah, Notre Dame called today. They're like, what'd you say? I was like, I told them I was committed. And then they were like, Notre Dame? I was like, yeah. They're like, call them back right now. Yeah. So just got back on the phone and was like, hey, basically said, like, I kind of wanted to go out there, like, un under the radar and just, like, check it out on my own. I don't want the reporter. I didn't want any of that news out there. Yeah, so, end up on the uh, the forums for Washington State. Exactly. So I just went out there after vacation in the summer. My family, we stopped in South Bend and walked around, met with Coach Kelly, and did it secretly, I guess, and uh, got an offer in his, in his office. And I knew then, I was like, shoot, this is going to be a tough phone call for Washington State. But it took me three days to, to just to get the courage to call Coach Leach. And I ended yeah. up doing That's a tough phone call when you're a young kid, man. So I ended up calling him and was like, hey, you know, I got a Notre Dame offer, and I'm going to actually end up going there. And once I said that, uh, he they were pretty cool about it. I was shocked. He was like, I think once I said Notre Dame, he was like, wow, Notre Dame. He's like, almost in his head, like, well, I can't, I can't really argue with you there. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. I think he would have been pissed if I would have said a, a school, a different school. But um, once that phone call was over, big weight lifted off my shoulders, and then it was kind of like, well, now I'm committed to Notre Dame, but I'm like the you know three-star commit to Notre Dame that they don't they don't ever get they get a five-star every year so right. felt the hate definitely felt the hate from the jump but still didn't really care like I don't remember being in high school like damn you know all these people are hating on me but I think once I got there it was like you know it's a gap year for Notre Dame they just took this kid as a three-star and the, you know the five-star right. in front of him will start forever and then same way right. five-star behind him and yeah. Whatever, man. I was pumped to be there. I wanted to get the degree. I wanted to be a part of the team. I wanted to work my hardest and let it all play out. And it was the best decision of my life. It worked out. So Yeah, no kidding. So once you – and I don't want to skip forward because high school, I mean, that senior year. So you committed prior to senior year beginning, right? Yeah, so I guess it was – it's a good question. I had to go back. But definitely in my junior year, I think – it was either right before my junior season or after my junior season. I think it's probably after. Okay. It was probably after. Okay. But I committed to Washington State, you know, after that sophomore season, going into my junior year, and then I ended up Got it. So. So, as you were, I guess, in either scenario, whether it was junior year when you were committed to Washington State or senior year when you were committed to Notre Dame, did you feel like you were able to just let it rip and play super loose, or was there actually an added layer of pressure where you're like, now I've got the Notre Dame fans in the Midwest checking in on my Oak Ridge high school games. Like I don't even I got know. more eyeballs. I don't think I ever thought about that. I think I thought of it. That whole recruiting process is, is definitely chaotic when you're younger. 
you know, for, you know, fortunately I had my parents help me out a ton. I had a great high school football coach and friends. And I feel like once I committed, it was kind of like I could take a breath yeah. and just be like, I'm going to this team and I got a senior season that I'm focused on with my guys in high school. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, you just don't want to get hurt. But when you're a yeah. kid in high school, like even then, I don't think I thought about it too much, but I think it's more of a sigh, sigh of relief. Like I'm committed to this team. I'm going to finish and I'm going to go to this school. It feels good to not have to, you know, call these coaches every single day. And like you say, go through all those letters and that, and going yeah. on all the visits, like it's a lot, it takes up yeah. a lot of time. I remember the, my, let's see, it'd be my sophomore summer was when I started taking on my visits. It's a lot, you know, you don't know what you don't know too. Like you're a young kid. So I was trying so to So impressionable. Yeah. It's like I, it, my dad was like, I don't know. That coach seemed a little funny, didn't he? Or like, he was kind of iffy about you. And I was like, Oh really? Yeah. I thought he liked me. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I don't know. Just eating up everything that they're spoon feeding you. Yeah. In those, so it's good to yeah. get a dad that cares. So that was nice. Yeah. Did you have any, I mean, throughout that recruiting process, whether it was in person over the phone, like, were there any particularly memorable things that people said or did to kind of try to get you coming their way? Man. No, not, not that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, but like you, as you know, just the classic recruiting stuff. You can what were some guy. of the things? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you'll be yeah. our guy or this or that, or, Hey, yeah. it's between you and this other guy for the offer. You know, I'm really pushing for it. That's like, all right. <laughs> like, I feel like I heard that a lot for sure. Or like, Hey, yeah. come down to our camp. And if you do it well, you'll get an offer. That's a big one. Yeah, that's right. a big travel. One. So spend that, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, spend the spend. Have your parents spend all that money, and then yeah. the other guy gets the offer or whatever. So I did that a few times, but I shoot. I think I visited Cal four times. Went to Arizona State. Went to Boise State. Like I said, went to Idaho. Went to UNR. Like did the whole Mountain West. Did the whole Pac-12 thing. Yeah. So cool. So cool. then once it's you a long process, it's just stressful. You're just a young kid, like I said. Isn't it funny now? Like you're what 25, 26? I just turned 25. Yeah. Yeah. So did I. So it's pretty funny looking like even being only 25, the difference between being 25 and being 16 or oh, yeah. 17 and having to make a decision of that like magnitude. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty that, wild. Yeah. That's why I say like, I feel very fortunate to have parents that were very involved. My dad loved the recruiting thing. You know, obviously yeah. he, was, he was proud of me, but like he was involved and I kind of trusted his decision too. He's the one that felt like this coach, you know, wasn't paying attention to me here and there. And he felt like it was some recruiting scam. And you yeah. don't see that when you're younger. You know, I was just happy to go check it out. And I thought I was their guy every time, you know. Yeah, right. So it, it worked out. But I can imagine if if you didn't have that, uh, you know, mentorship or whatever, it could be very challenging. You can get tricked. These coaches' job is to get the best quarterback they can find. So if they got to offer a few guys – you might not know where you fit in that rank, you know? Right. Totally. So come, I guess, what would have been summer of 2016, you end up, you're at South Bend. You, did you do an early enrollment? Did they I, did not, I did not, but I had a two-week summer my senior year because we did summer school every year at Notre Dame. So flew out. You were there. I think it was June, June 2nd. Yep. Flew yep. out there. Started the whole thing. I was fifth in line. There was five, four quarterbacks in front of me. So had some fifth. work to be done. Yeah. yeah man. I mean, one thing that's become kind of a theme on this podcast and what I love talking to guys about is because I just remember so vividly the the shocks that come with training camp in particular, that first oh, yeah. training camp. It's just so intense. It's like yeah. it's nonstop. You're going 20 straight days, two a day it's practices, a meetings, film, totally different. Like you can feel like, no, I prepared. I did all this extra stuff in high school. Um, no one is 100 percent prepared. Yeah. And, you just can't and be. the difference between like a senior or a fifth year senior and a freshman. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's big boy yeah. football. Um, and it's crazy. It feels so long ago. I'm trying to remember my first camp right now. Like obviously didn't get many reps, but it was pretty cool to just, to actually, I do remember I didn't get any reps now that I think about it. So it was pretty cool though. Like it's definitely a different game and it's like, okay, now it's football year round type of deal. Yeah. I mean, what were some of your, who are some of the guys walking around that locker room, for example? Because when I showed up, you see these guys you've been watching on TV all of high school. They're yeah. a few months from going to the NFL. You're kind of starstruck. You can't, can't yeah. kind of well, pinch yourself. Quarterback-wise, I mean, Malik Zaire and Deshaun Kaiser were there. Brandon Wimbush was there. Yep. 
Yeah. We had the best O-line ever. Quentin Nelson was there. Mike McGlinchey was there. Alex Bars, Sam Musterford. Uh, even my class linemen are starting to get reps because they all play in the league as well. So yeah. O-line factory. Durham Smythe, he's on the Dolphins. Uh, Cole Komet came after me. But there's a ton of guys. Um, yeah. Ten guys probably right now they are still playing in the NFL, if not more. So it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a different game for sure. Um but I, like I said, my first camp, I didn't do much at all. Uh, not, not that I remember. If I would have remembered, I think it would have gotten more reps if I could remember. But there was a quarterback battle going on between Malik Zaire and Deshaun. Whoever yeah. won that would get it, and then the other guy would be second. Brandon Wimbush was third. Um, I guess I was fourth. So, you know, there's not much time in, in camp for reps like that. I used to get the, you know, whatever, the last five plays of, of every day with the young guys or whatever they called it. But – you know, it wasn't much. I redshirted, so I was chilling, you know, that whole season, trying to learn as much as I can and check out the environment. And I'm actually glad I did that. Like, I feel like redshirted. And so when I do gear up, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think redshirting is oh, – wait, hang on one second. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay, this is just saying – as long as I can hear you, it says – I think you might have an internet quality issue. Your video is not on, but. Oh, no, I can see you in here. Okay, it might come back. No worries. Um, yeah, I think that the red shirting, that red shirt development year, it seems like everyone who does it, with few exceptions, is happy that they did. Like, Yeah, it's pretty you impressive get so much... when you come in just as a freshman and start playing. Totally. I mean, the amount um, of muscle they can put on dudes, and yeah, it just takes a, a year of maturity and a year of maturing. Um, so, okay, this is something that I, I always wonder program to program because at Stanford, if you're a freshman or really if you're any football player walking around campus, a lot of people have no clue that you are, no matter how, who That's you what are. KJ they, told know, me. <laughs> they have no idea. Like Christian McCaffrey could walk around campus and pretty much not be bothered at his peak. Um, it's just a different, it's so bizarre. And yeah. other campuses, obviously people are treated like absolute celebrities. Um, where does Notre Dame fall in on that spectrum? Yeah, I'd say we're, mm, I'd say we're definitely on the other side of the spectrum of what you just said, probably. But I, I would imagine that other places it's probably even crazier, like yeah. the SEC. I'd imagine if you're the starting quarterback at Texas, yeah. maybe maybe USC, Alabama, whatever. Those are some big name schools. Notre Dame's up there, but like I say, it's a small private school. So, you know, we have you know ten thousand undergrad whatever 12,000 total walking around so it's definitely yeah. got that small feel um but if you're if they care like the kids at Notre Dame go to their name because you know they're either Catholic or they like really love football and grew up with it because their parents did or whatever and like yeah. the student body is very very into football so they know who's who is who and if you're eating at the dining hall or whatever and um you know but I didn't have to worry about that my freshman year for sure I was <laughs> definitely chilling but I, I remember KJ telling you that that about Stanford, which is wild, but uh, Notre Dame's definitely opposite, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I I have two close buddies, uh, Andrew Fay and Chandler Swift, who both went to Notre Dame. They were class of 2018 and 2019, and when I told them I was even talking to you, they were so fired up. It's such a different, <laughs> different level of commitment. They follow it like I can't even watch a game with Chandler. He lives in Dallas too. The guy will not sit down. He's yeah. so nervous. <laughs> He's so locked in. Um, but it's great. I mean, that's what a committed fan base looks like. Yeah. So. No, I think that's part of the reason you go to a school like that, like a fan base that's that student body and a fan base that loves it. Like it brings a good energy to it. You know, it's, it's pretty sweet. We definitely enjoyed it. Totally. I mean, within, oh, I mean, the Notre Dame fans, they travel really well, don't they? Like very they would well. show up at your away games. Very well. Very well. They're just, I mean, it's a very global brand like right right if i wear the notre dame monogram in the airport somebody's going to say something and they might live wherever we just yeah. get even recruiting like that's our big like recruiting pitch we don't get kids from one area like california texas hawaii new york florida we get kids from everywhere so it's pretty cool i really enjoyed it so as you progress and are you know working your way up the steps chart dudes are graduating people are moving on uh, Notre Dame was rolling. I mean, really, you were at the program at a really seriously strong point. Mm -hmm. Did you have one moment? This is this could be 
you could take this from once you were named the starter, once you were playing, maybe it happened before that. But was there ever like one particular moment where kind of the gravity of the situation yeah, hit you? Sure. Was it for the sure. first time you walked out of the tunnel? Like, what was it? No, I wouldn't even say it's my first start. Like, even my first start, you know, Brandon Wimbush got hurt the week before and it was like, oh, I have to play this time, that type of deal. Yeah. Yep. Was able to do that and win and everything was great. And then I would say like it got real, real was the following year. I still was battling with, with Wimbush after playing you know, kind of garbage time starting one game and then playing in the bowl game that year a lot. That following yeah. year, it was still unclear of, like, who's going to play the, the next year. So Brandon and I are grinding it out. He starts the first three games, and then I kind of got the nod on that fourth game, and it was against Wake Forest. And I think that's kind of when it was like, this is for real here because, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go out there against Wake Forest, and we, we killed them, man. And they fired, uh, they fired their defensive coordinator that night. Yeah, oh really? <laughs> the following my second game that year was against Stanford at night. You guys were ranked, I think, three. I want to say y'all were three, and y'all came and played us, um, you know, at night. And that was my second. Did you guys, you season. guys beat us by like twenty. Uh, it was close though for a little bit, and then we just—that was when I was like, all right, this is this is for real. Because it's like, yeah. okay, you beat Wake Forest, you know, now what? And it was like, well, we're playing the number three team in the country next next week, so. It was that was kind of when I felt like you know, it's mine. Kind of take it and run with it is the goal. And once you have that, I mean, I can imagine how that mindset kind of flip of a switch may happen. But also, it happens so quickly, right? Like that's the thing with any position like this. You probably once once Wimbush was hurt, I'm sure you were like, this is my opportunity. This is my moment yeah. to seize and hopefully not look back on. Right. And. What, and I guess it wasn't a – you didn't immediately start forever after that, right? No, that's what I'm saying. That, right? like I, I yeah. was telling myself that. I started. We won. Yeah. He came back. He finished the year. We go to a yeah. bowl game. We split time in the bowl game. Um, I don't know if you remember. Like, I threw my last pass in that bowl game. I threw, like, a jump ball to Miles Boykin. He caught it with one hand, and we beat LSU. So I was like, maybe yeah. that was the moment that I'll start. Yeah. But then, again, following year, going through camp, splitting reps 50-50 with Brandon – he starts the first three games, and then I finally got to start again. So it wasn't so like, you know, it wasn't one moment where I took it and ran. It was. It kind of took two or three times. It felt. It felt like. You guys have a good relationship. Yeah, he's like one of the best friends. Good he dude. is. Yeah. It's interesting how the the QB room. It just depends on the on the setup, I guess. But there are some times where. It's an iron sharpening iron situation, and everyone's making each other better and yeah. sometimes it's just it's a room full of people who all want are vowing for one spot like what's what yeah. do you think is going to happen in a yeah. testosterone fueled yeah setting Only one guy with, gets to play and it, one guy gets honestly, to play yeah i've seen it i've heard about it like the other way but every quarterback room i've been in like it's been pretty good like the one guy you know everyone wants to be playing you know what i mean but only one guy can play and I felt like at Notre Dame it was like really special. Everybody was kind of supporting each other, and it just kind of speaks to Brandon's personality, you know. He, yeah, you know, it's really he really is one of my best friends, so it worked out. That's awesome, and I know, and and I guess going back for a second to the Notre Dame fan base generally, once you're in that spot, you are the guy who's the one playing, the one QB on the field, like you're saying. Are they? Did you feel like okay, this is a fan base? that really has my back and is going to be like the all out support or is it like, I hope I don't screw up because as much as the fan base, because they want me to succeed so badly, they will chew me up and spit yeah. me out. If I start to, to, to falter here. Probably both. Uh, you, you hear the good and the bad. It's impossible not to, I, mean, I did my yeah. best of staying off social media and all that stuff. But yeah. Um, I think some people were probably like, what? we don't have anything better than this, you know? And then some people are like, well, he's doing well. Let's just see how well he does until, you know, I don't think I had like a, whatever. I had a short leash because I feel like if I did bad, it was probably like, all right, that's it. But it worked out, man. And, and uh, I think it's a little bit of both for sure. What was your most memorable game as a starter? Um, like I said, that Stanford game sticks out a lot for me because that was like my big, first win and it kind of you know led to some momentum and then being yeah. Clemson my fifth year yeah um double what, double overtime in COVID was pretty wild 
yeah, one team in the country. That was that was fun. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Was there okay? And then how about worst or most hostile away game environment uh, you ever played in? Uh, probably on a at Georgia was wild. Ninety five thousand. They like broke a record that game night game. They were playing like these red strobe lights for the first time apparently they shut all the lights off one time it was crazy ended up losing by a touchdown that was crazy season opener was that a season opener no it was week week four i think or week three okay. yeah um that's probably number one uh you know what else was wild was at miami my red shirt freshman year wild. my buddies off the hook. went went to that game they said the whole environment was yeah and we got we got smashed it was a tough night but that game was crazy i mean there's a lot of history between notre dame and miami you know with everything so convicts first catholics yeah that whole place was sold out like i've never seen hard rock completely sold out like that and there was just all these famous people there and it was it was a tough night but it was loud yeah yeah so those two stick out and what about brian kelly what is his style what is his like interpersonal style with his players because this is something that again with a, a kind of unique stanford example and having been on the team for, you know, yeah. a season and an off season, it was a short stint. But you could ask anyone who's played Stanford football. Coach Shaw, during this past era, he has a very unique way of, like, he almost deals with the players as the same way that, like, a CEO would. He, could, he has ultimate respect, ultimate respect, but he's not, obviously not this rah-rah guy. How's, how does how's Coach Kelly deal with his players? I would say similar. Um, definitely a great CEO type, uh, yeah. but winner at the end of the day. I mean, he just wants to win, and he's done that yeah. everywhere he's went. Um, but I guess probably similar to what he said. The CEO, he hires like the, the, the right people as well. He runs you know things his way. We all have a process on how we do stuff, and he sticks to it. And it's just about winning every single Saturday, so... I liked him. He gave me my opportunity, and uh, you know, I enjoyed my time there. And him and I, we had a great relationship. So, I think some people probably just see like the stuff on the sideline of him screaming and, yeah. and yelling, and it is. But it's football, as you know. And I think he was just passionate for the game. And seriously, he just wanted to win. Like every season at Notre Dame, it's talked about. It's like, you know, playoff chance or or, not, or nothing. That's what we're shooting for. So, especially not being in a conference, it was like, we have to win every single game. That's kind of how we felt. And what about Coach Reese? That's my guy. So, that's – that's he's a great coach, man. He's, he's really taught me everything I know from, from the jump. When he got there, I think he was 20 – he might have been 24. Was he, he like a graduate the, assistant when he showed up? No, he showed up straight quarterback coach. And then he yeah. did that for a couple of years. Then he went to offensive coordinator, um, you know, so – he taught me everything. I still talk to him probably once every two weeks. And um, just learning from someone who actually was a quarterback at Notre Dame under Coach yeah. Coach Kelly for, was easy to learn from for sure. He taught me everything I know and definitely one of my, you know, best friends. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Are there a lot really of similar in age, like in a way. Yeah. Yes, coach, coach to player. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously he came back as a coach. And there's so many legends in Notre Dame football program history coaches and players do those players come back and spend a lot of time at the facility Notre Dame do that yeah I mean I you name it Notre Dame great they've at least come to a game or been on like they love coming back so same thing with me and all my buddies that play that we try to get back at least once a year and check out a game I went to the Clemson game last year when they when Notre Dame beat Clemson again so it's pretty cool at Notre Dame Jerome Bettis is there all the time like I talked to him, all, he's there all the time. Uh, Joe Theismann's there all the time. It's pretty so cool. cool. Yeah, Brady Quinn's always there. I mean, those guys are hitting one, two games a season. It's pretty cool. So, what this is? This might be a tough one because what is? There are a lot of like fantastic college football programs across the country, across conferences, that have their own bit of like allure or there's something that's like i want to go to x program because of this or this or this reason with notre dame it seems to just be this like aura this like secret sauce like magic just the tradition like how do you even describe it how do you put it into words that's 
Yeah, you're right. And it's like sounds cliche and kind of dumb until you get there and then you just kind of feel it. Like it does have like a – it's tradition. It's just tradition to the max and it does feel like that. Um, like for example, they they like asked me to watch the movie Rudy before I showed up on campus and then it's like, okay, I've seen that movie. I'll watch it again and then you show up. Like everything you see in that movie, that tra- they still do, they're still doing that. Like the tradition – you know, carries on. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I think it's just like winning, like it's a winning program. Um, but from, and it, and I think a lot of it is like, they have a lot of pride in being the number one Catholic university in the world. And then they have, um, a lot of pride in their tradition. Like we do the same stuff every weekend and week out that you see in that movie. Um, you know, the gold helmets, all that. And then just those guys coming back, like it's, when you're when you're there and you're part of Notre Dame and then you leave like you stay in that in that bubble and everyone's trying to help everybody out and the connections are real and Notre Dame people are trying to help out other Notre Dame people it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah, yeah it definitely seems that way and so you you alluded to this when I was asking you about if the fans support you or if they're if you're kind of always halfway between love and hate uh, and you said that you you mentioned that you try to stay off social media well, as just, you guys, uh, yeah, were, I do, I do. You're right. <laughs> or you tried, you know, as maybe, while you're the starter and the team's winning all these games, and you're obviously getting more and more media coverage by the week. How do you actually do that? Like, like guys are always like, "No, I stay off social media." It's like, do you delete your Instagram? Do you delete your Twitter? Do you not turn on the TV? Like, it's you can be so inundated with everyone's take on you, your mm-hmm. team, your coach, like your entire world for that fall. Yeah, is a nonstop buzz and is always being talked about. How do you actually separate, or if you can't separate, how do you mentally detach and just focus in on what has to get done? Yeah, within the team? I think it got so big that I was just like, I'm just here to have fun. That's why I kept telling myself, like, I play football because it's fun. Yeah, and I'm just gonna keep playing this game because I'm having fun. And if I'm not having fun, I wouldn't play. So uh, I think I did such a good job at like blocking that noise because one, I didn't, I didn't go on like I. For example, Twitter. I didn't go on Twitter during the season. Uh, yeah, I still had it. I didn't delete it. I just yeah. had discipline, I guess, and I didn't go yeah. on it because I didn't need to see that. Like as long as the guy, as long as I knew what the guys in the locker room thought and liked, and you know, my coaches believe me, my teammates believe me, then it is what it is. You know, it's the, the coach is going to pick the, the best player out there that they think gives them the best chance to win, and. Yeah. You know, if, if they're picking me, like, you know, for a reason, I'm, I'm confident in that and I want to go out there and do the best I can. And um, I think for another example, I had I had some help, like in terms of like running my Instagram account or whatever. Like I had it was pretty cool. Notre Dame, we had a social media person and, and she was willing to have my login and help me out and go on there. And after games that maybe didn't end up well, she delete everything for me. So I don't have to see that stuff. Like I felt like I did. You know, four years there were like, I didn't see much hate, which was cool. That's great. Like, yeah. I didn't need to see it. Like, I know that no matter what, we want, we went a season where we didn't lose a game. You're still going to have haters. Yep. We didn't That's lose right. one game. And it was like, or whatever. Like, in my, I, I don't know. I think in my career, we've lost, we've never lost a game at home. Let's just say that. Not one time <laughs> did we wow. lose at home. It's like, how are y'all hating? If you think about it, if you're a student, right? Every single home game you went to, if you're in my class, you never lost. Like That's you had incredible. a good, you had a good time. So even out of that group, there's going to be people that are hating. We, we we could be even better if someone else was under there. Whatever. Like I didn't see it because I didn't see the hate in person, which was cool. I had my guys with me, and then in terms of like social media, I just didn't log in and go on it because I didn't need to. Because the people back then on Twitter, and even now, it's even worse. I can't imagine. But the guys who are writing stories, it's like. Dude never doesn't even know how to throw a spiral. Like, why would you listen to him? He's not even in the locker room. Right. So early on, I think I learned that, like, I ain't doing that. I'm just not. It's going to ruin it for me. It'll ruin the game for me. So if you want to hate, you can hate from the sideline, I guess, or from the stands or from your couch. (laughs) Yeah, either way, you're watching you. You're the one one tuning in. So, So, And I was so busy. Like, I wasn't searching my name. I'm not scrolling. Yeah. I'm just trying to stack games and win. Yeah figure everything yeah. out yeah i feel like that's the only way yeah what does the notre dame what does south bend look like after a win pretty fun man i don't know if you, have you ever been to south bend 
I've never been. So I visited a lot of campuses in college, and I, I yeah. never made it to South Bend, regrettably. So, I mean, it's if Notre Dame wasn't there, it might be rough. But <laughs> yeah. everything there is about Notre Dame, and everybody there is a Notre Dame fan. They're bought in. It's a small community. You get that small college um, town feel. Um, but it was crazy, man. That's all people did on Saturdays was – was go to those games. People travel from everywhere to go see a Notre Dame game, and um, it was really, really fun. Like we don't have fraternities or Greek life or whatever, so it was all about like hanging with your team and going back to whoever's house and just having a good time with the guys. Like those those days never get old, man. Those were the best. So we have like eight bars. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can go to those if you want if you're of age, and then um, just go back to the house house party, hang out. Everyone's there to see a Notre Dame game. They might have even made a weekend trip from it, but sold out crowd every single time I've been to every single time we've had a game, which is awesome, which is, I think right now, I think it's like 85,000 people. Pretty crazy. So awesome. Yeah. Did you get nervous before games? I was talking to Conrad Ucrapina on the last episode and he's, he was just cracking me up, telling me about his, uh, puking ritual before games did you have uh, anything yeah. that, uh, uh, no, I get nervous and I think the nerves are good. I've always gotten nervous for anything. But, like, yeah. at Notre Dame, I never felt so prepared, ever. Like, I'd get nervous and literally need one play. And be like, cool. The crowd's not even here anymore, whatever. Like, it's the whole build-up to everything that, like, right. it's impossible not to get. I don't think there's anyone that's, like, I, I don't agree. think. They might say they are. They don't get nervous. But, like, that build-up, like, come on. It's good. It's, like, built-up energy. It's, like, a little bit of you know, a ang- little anxious, a little nervous, but like more excited than anything. And you just want, you just want it to start so you can get in it. So I was just the guy that needed to like, you know, I just needed to play. So when I think Notre Dame, I always picture like you guys walking through campus, yeah. like that, Dude, just I I everything you can imagine to like get your nerves going even more. You How know? could you not? Yeah. yeah. So I we mean, did that. we did mass on Friday. We did like, we would do, you know, the walk we would have our pregame meet like it takes a while to get to the field to get in your gear and like freaking kick the ball off you know what i mean so that's really yeah. why football gets you those nerves but yes i did get nervous before every game but and to me it was always a good way if i wasn't nervous i would have thought something was kind of kind of off you know yeah maybe you're not locked in yeah, yeah. your mind's wandering so, it's good man i literally just needed that first play and it's like let's do it it's good it's that was that that's i mean <laughs> on that seemed to be the case for every scale for me, whether it was a third grade football game or a college game or yeah. all of high school. Or lacrosse, first play like so off-season key. lacrosse game. Like, I had good nerves. I was ready. To, like, that stuff yeah. was fun. Yeah. Um, I've never just been, like, real. I'm, I am very, like, even keel, I think. That's what a lot of people, people tell me. Yeah. But I still know how I feel, like, deep down inside. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I've never had any type of competitive anything where i'm just like all right let's do it like super yeah. late never yeah. never so it was yeah. good it's fun man who, who are some of the uh i mean i can only imagine you got guys like i guess was jalen smith gone when you were there did he, he leave left. you will okay. fuller left right before i got there okay um but the guys in the nfl you would know that i've played with like i said cole Komet, chase claypool quentin nelson mike mcglinchey alex bars sam mustafer Equinemia, St. Brown, you name it, man. Brock Wright, Ben Skronik. I mean, these guys are still in, That's in a the long league. list, dude. And I haven't even got to, I didn't even say anybody on defense. I'm just naming the guys I played with on offense. Yeah, like it's, you know, Robert Haynes, Tommy, Tommy Kramer. It's like they've all, Kyron Williams. I mean, all these guys have gotten drafted. They played. They're playing now. It's, I got lucky, man. I had a nice offensive line and some, some really good talent around me. That that is an unbelievable list, actually. I, I didn't. I honestly did not realize the extent of it. Dude, our our. I mean, we had great receivers too, but like our O line, tight end, like in the box. You know, you know, that was huge. We were able to run the ball and open up the pass every time. It was awesome. It was really special. And then just to have a defense that was like creating turnovers and getting the ball back, like that's the difference in a college football game for sure. How would you describe your last game at Notre Dame? More, more so from just a, almost an emotional side of like realizing. Um, it was cool. It was, it was a COVID game, so we only let in so many fans. We played Syracuse, my last home yeah. game. Um, 
we, we won. We had a, a nice little run there at the end where we scored like 21 points in like two minutes before the half ended. And then uh, I just remember, I mean, I just vividly remember like when the announcer, you know, said that I was subbing out or whatever and the whole st- stands that was there stood up and clapped and gave Coach Kelly a hug and all those guys a hug. And I was like, damn, that's it. That's it. It was crazy. But it was just a memorable year. Just the fact that like everything going on in the world that we were able to still play some football was, was pretty cool. Because I decided so then, to come back my fifth year. I was like, I'm coming back. I'm not ready for the NFL yet. I need to get better. And then I was like, I came home, and I was like, no way that this thing just hit. Like, we're not going to have a season after I just told the NFL, I'm not doing it, you know? Yeah. And then oh, it worked man. out. So we joined a conference. We did all that. So kind of things just kind of worked out the way they do, and it was perfect. What were – okay, just to go back to that time period for a second did anyone know was anyone directing traffic or was everyone just like COVID we have no idea what yeah as covid it was, was crazy. hitting it was crazy yeah tell me about that it was so crazy it was like hey great uh i think we just finished spring balls like spring balls over go home whatever you get your little break we'll see you guys whatever we go home and it, people i mean sadly you remember how people were kind of joking about it at first like don't go to vegas like oh yeah Totally. Whatever. Like some of the guys were literally going to Vegas for spring break. So I went home and then like stuff got started getting serious. And then offensive coordinators calling me, quarterback coaches calling me like, dude, this is getting serious. Then they sent out, you know, Teamworks. Did y'all have the Teamworks app? Yeah. 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 Teamworks. Team management. We're having a a team Zoom, whatever, whatever. Everybody needs to be there mandatory. We log in. Coach Kelly's telling everyone like, hey, as of right now, nobody's going to be coming back. Uh, you know, work out, but keep yourself safe and healthy. And we'll keep reaching out to you guys when we know more. And it was like talks about joining the big 10, no season. Yeah. Are we going to yeah. join the pac 12? I was like, this is crazy. So I, I was, I don't even remember how long I, I stayed home, but it was a long time. It was just doing my own workout. We had our own workouts that we could submit on like this app. It was crazy, man. Doing like, um, I remember actually I was in Omaha for a little bit doing like some training with one of these these quarterback guys that I was working with. And I was like, I might be stuck in Omaha for a second because I didn't know if I was going to be able to fly from Omaha back home. And then I ended up getting home and then whatever. I was out there for however many months we were. And then they was like, hey, come back. We're going to do a season, a, a 10 game season in the ACC. So it ended up working out, but it was crazy. It was weekly checking in. That's for sure. What did you do? I mean, or what did all the guys do? Like, did you just find a gym that would lay you in did you have a rock at home like what'd you do everything was i just worked out at home luckily i had a few things at home that i could do but i had you know a high school field that nobody was at obviously so i could go there and throw to my brother or whoever else it was but just worked out like crazy we had these workout videos that they were sending us to do and all the descriptions on how to do everything and (laughs) write down your sets it was like crazy so we're just doing all that and just we were going over plays on Zoom all the time. We were installing, you know, a couple times a week. Yeah. So it was wild now that I look back at it. I don't even remember how long I was home, but it felt like a long time. It was I definitely mean, a really... couple months, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't believe that you also, the added element of, like, I just said no to the NFL. you yeah. got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, because the, then I was happening. thinking, like, okay, if this doesn't work, which state can I go to to train all year for an NFL? Right. I was like, can I go to Texas? They seem a lot less, you know, strict about Scared. the rules or whatever. Yeah. yeah than, than California was. Yep. And I was thinking about, do I go there and train for a whole year and just train? And I don't know. It was crazy. So there's just a lot going on. It was just, uh, staying by your phone and staying updated with everything every day. I mean, the news was going crazy and especially all the college football commentating on what's going to happen. So, so much speculation, so much blind speculation during that period. <laughs> like people just pulling takes out of the thin air. Yep, yep. But it worked out, man. Everything works yeah. out for a reason. That, that's true. That definitely worked out for you guys. So, all right. So then, fast forward after this fantastic 2020 COVID season for you guys. Was it straight to the combine? So yeah, let's see. That, it wouldn't have been straight to if it's in April, but was it was the plan like, all right, I got to get ready for the combine. Uh, it's it's straight, happening. I went to the Senior Bowl, so like I went. Senior Bowl. I went down to Mobile, did the Senior Bowl. 
flew from Mobile. What's the, se- what's the Senior Bowl like? I feel like people don't – it doesn't get much coverage, but yeah. I know it's very important. It's very important. It can really help you or it can really hurt you. So I felt yeah. like for me – I. I mean, I was just confident. I felt like I was going to go there and probably be under the radar. Luck, luckily to get an invite type of deal. And I was like, this could, yeah. this could be good. So it ended up, I think it helped me. My interviews, I felt like went well. I won practice player of the week for my my squad. Uh, and then, you know, the games, people leave before the game starts. Apparently. Like that week of practice is very, very important. And then a lot of people yeah. leave. Um, but I was able to play. I think I got like a little bit of the third and then I got the fourth quarter. So that, that went well. Um, I think it helped me. So it's a hard week, though, dude. Like, we get there and you learn your off- NFL offense all day, and then it ends at, like, 10, and then you, like, start these NFL meetings with these guys, and you go table to table, and you don't go to bed till midnight, and then you got practice early. Like, it was tiring. It was three – it was, like, four to five days of very, very tiring interviews, football, and playing. Uh, and I think that's kind of the point to, like, see who can make it out of that, you know? So it worked out well, but it was, you know, big time interviews with GMs, coaches, or um, scouts. Uh, you met with every single team, no matter what. They can call you back to interview you again if they want to. They're all at practice. You know, like everything is being watched that week. So I went some high from stakes, the- high sure. stakes speed dating, basically. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and then I uh, went from there to Dallas to train at uh, MJP, Michael Johnson Performance. Really wanted to work on my 40 time because I felt like that might be something that could help me out. I wanted yeah. to work on like getting out of a stance. You know, haven't had to put my hand down in the dirt in a while, so I was like, I'm right. gonna run a good 40 and have a good pro day throwing. That should help me hopefully in the draft. So, did that for six weeks training, and then went flew from there to Notre Dame for my pro day. Did the pro day, flew home, waited for the draft, and then after the draft, flew to New Orleans. So your your last. Excuse me. Your last year in college football and your first season in the NFL is is a combined two years. There's no your first no off season after your rookie year is like the first time that you really have three months off, ever, yeah. like with nothing going on. So it's yeah. a long. It's two years of football every day. It's pretty crazy. What were some of the uh, more interesting questions that you received during the interviews? Uh, senior Bowl. I didn't get anything crazy, which you always hear about, but I heard. You know, some of my buddies I was with got some wild ones, but it's all a mind game. They already know what they're asking you for the most part. Yeah. Just be truthful, be confident. That same same thing you hear all the time in terms of interviews. But I didn't get anything wild, which I'm glad because maybe that means I had a clean pass. Clean record. Clean yeah. record. <laughs> um, what were some of the ones your buddies got? I mean, they'll just, they'll just like, I mean, scouts, scouts are funny. They just kind of. I think they're there. Some are there to like be cool. Some are there to kind of intimidate you. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember a lot of the guys, you know, they would just be like, yeah, so you like to drink and smoke a lot? And then you're like, <laughs> what? And you're like, no. They're like, really? You don't drink at all with your guys after the games in college? And they're like, well, I have a beer. So like one beer, like stuff like that. They're like, <laughs> they're just like, they want to, they want to make sure you're not like a liar or whatever. And, right. Um, you know, there's probably way more deep stuff than that, but. Um, yeah. If you had something in the past, they might be like, "You ever got in trouble or whatever?" And if you say no, and they're like, "How about this?" That's not a good sign. So, right. It just they just want to they just want to get to know you. They get 15 minutes before you got to go to your next speed dating thing. So it's like you gotta you know they're gonna grill you, or, or they might be like, "Hey, I don't even care about who you are right now. I'll learn about that later. Get up on the whiteboard and draw your favorite play and why." Yada yada yada. So that's why I had that more probably because I'm a quarterback. But yep. Yeah. Um, it's fun. You just got to be on your toes. It's. I was tired, you know, after a week. I was definitely ready to, you know, get get drafted, hopefully, and then be able to, you know, take a little bit of a break that following off season. So then what was your draft experience like? Were you at home in Sacramento? I was at home, hanging out, just had my family there. I had a party that night anyways because it made perfect sense. Like, I knew I wasn't going uh, day one or whatever. Um, so like on Saturday, the day I got drafted, they were finishing all rounds. So I was like, I'm either getting drafted or hopefully get taken as an undrafted free agent. So either way we should celebrate. So I had right. people coming over to, um, you know, the house for a party, uh, all everybody else. Cause I figured by the time they got here, I would at least know what team I'm going to. So yeah. the stress in terms of that way was, you know, was gone. But the day of the draft is stressful, dude. You're just sitting there like, man. 
I hope this next call is me. And then you're like, next one, next one, or next one. And it's just, it's just a lot. You just uh, sitting there, literally hanging out, waiting for a call. But it yeah, worked out for me. I got a call at a great time, kind of when I thought I would go type of deal. And, and um, the number that called me was from Texas. I still don't know. That's funny. I never really asked in, in New Orleans, like, whose cell phone it actually was. But um, I was like, oh, the Cowboys are calling. You know, and then they're like, yeah. "Hey, this this is the Saints," and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome. Worked out great." And it, was, and it was a Texas. It wasn't a five hundred four area code. No, it was something Texas. I remember that for sure. I was like, "Hey, sh- like, Cowboys are calling," <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, it's the Saints." It worked out, dude. You call, you watch it up there. You're screaming, and just get to take a breath. And I just got to go, you know, to the house and have everybody be there, which is pretty sweet. That's so awesome. I, I mean, it's it is such a wild thing. I was talking to uh my fiance she was like didn't she's not a not a big football fan and she was like so on draft day like the players really have no control over where they're gonna go and like move and they have to move there and i'm like yeah no control whatsoever yeah and it's pretty crazy crazy. no other profession is you know outside of professional sports i mean people get drafted by teams that they said they never talked to one time you know they'll be like hey i'm I'm going to this team or this team dude i had three interviews and they said they're going to take me and then you get a call from a team that you never that never interviewed you. It's just the way it works. But man, it's a day that like I used to watch the draft growing up just because yeah. it was fun. And then it that had to be, be surreal. A part of it. It's definitely like a childhood dream. So that was like a really special day. But to say it wasn't stressful is definitely to watch other quarterbacks go. And you're like, all right, I gotta be next. I gotta be next. You know. So it's a stressful day. But the call was very memorable. Speaking of watching guys go and feeling like you got to be next, did you get any words of wisdom from Brady Quinn beforehand? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's done a good job of like reaching out to me a lot when I was at Notre Dame, and I've, yeah. he's always there, and I've talked to him a ton. But he definitely texted me congrats too. But I think he—I don't know if I don't think I got anything like before. But once I got drafted, he definitely sent me a text, so that was pretty nice of him. That's awesome. And then I got to ask because my mom's side of the family is all from New Orleans. My my grandfather was among the first group to ever become a season ticket holder for the Saints. They're as wow. in it as you can be um, in terms of their Saints fandom. When, How long did you have before you had to go to New Orleans? And then what was your first kind of reaction to New Orleans and New Orleans fans? I think I want to say when I got drafted, like I went out to New Orleans, I think it was like two weeks later. I think it was, or maybe even a week. It might have been a week or two. But it was yeah. like, hey, time to come out here and then, you know, start the off-season workouts and then the rookie mini camp that you have to do. And um, so it's definitely soon. And I think I'm almost po- I'm positive. Like when you're a first rounder, you fly out, you know, sometimes that night or the next morning to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the second question? Just impression of New Orleans and crazy oh, Saints great, fans. Man. I mean, it's been cool. Like I'm from the West Coast. I went to college in the Midwest. I got drafted and played a year in new orleans in the south and then now i'm in the east coast with the eagle like it's cool man it's football's taking me to some really cool places i'm living yeah. in the heart of the city in places i would have never probably ever went to um but just to get down to new orleans and, and and be embracing that culture too like it's it's awesome they love their team it's a great organization um you know got to learn a ton my rookie year and then obviously i had to play in that that, that one game but was a backup for the for two games was inactive for the other games, but was running the yeah. scout team, like learning a lot. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it there. Met a lot of my lifelong friends and that organization. I mean, as you know, like, you know, they know how to win and they do the right stuff. So I've been to two places now where uh, it's been, you know, I feel like the organization is doing everything they can to help win, which is cool. One thing, and we'll, we'll wrap up here in just a couple minutes. Uh, yeah. One thing that's uh, I've wondered about is you go to a job as a new grad out of college and sometimes you'll be with like an analyst class or you'll be, you know, you have your onboarding or your tra- or your first two weeks of training. How does that work when you're two weeks after the draft welcomed to, okay, found my apartment, I found my place, yeah, I guess. Kind of, the team put lot, me up somewhere. It's big how, does it, how does it go? You put on your grown-up shoes. You yeah. get out there. Um, I think it's – you stay – so you can look for a place, but, like, you want to make the team first. So it's always a little bit weird, you know. Right. Like, if you're round one, two, three, like, you're probably good. Even four, like, your first rookie, you're probably good. 
so you might want to start looking at places but like you stay in i stayed in a in a hotel team hotel that they put you up in you do rookie mini camp you do otas and then you go home for the summer then you come back for camp and a lot of coaches have a rule where you have to be in a hotel anyway so i kept staying in the hotel with the guys during camp made the team and then it was like i found my place got in an apartment moved all my stuff in there and then started the season but in terms of like onboarding, I think it's it, it's not like what you're saying. It's like here's the playbook that everybody else has. Here's the weight room that everybody else has. Yep. The only thing different is you're the youngest guy on the team, and you have to do rookie minicamp. Other than that, you're going to do everything else that everybody else is doing. And you know a lot of the rookies play year one, so it's that's the weirdest thing about the NFL. You know, you might be playing with guys who are, you know, 35 or whatever. That's what I was just going to say. When you show up as a freshman to freshman camp, it's similar. They're like. This is the playbook. This is how we lift. This is how yeah. we run. Get with the program. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy who's 22 seems so old. Yeah. But then you can be 22 man. in the NFL, and guys are, like, 35 yeah. and older these days. I mean, It's crazy, too. And the amount of guys coming in and out of the team, it's, it's cutthroat, man. It's, uh, there's a guy on a team for a day. There's a guy that they might sign, and then not, he's not there that day or whatever. Like, it didn't work out or whatever. Or a guy comes for one week. The team that, that the team that starts like after camp or whatever, that group of fifty three yep. from the fifty three at the end of the season looks a lot different. It's just it's crazy. It's the name of the game. These organizations are trying to win, these owners are trying to win and then yeah. it's let the best man play type of deal. So it's very cutthroat. I think it just makes you grow up fast, that's all. It's just like all right, this is a business and um, you know, it's a lot bigger than yourself. There's a lot that goes into all this stuff. Totally. And how do you, how would you describe, I've always wondered when you have, like you got your rookies who are basically kids, you know, they were just on college campuses. Some of them maybe even declared early and are 20, 21 years yeah. old. And then you've got your veterans who have three children and just completely different phases of life. Yeah. How does that gelling really work? And this is probably a good transition actually into asking you about Philadelphia where like they've got Jalen Hurts just took him to a Super Bowl, just got this big contract. He's like 24 years old. Yeah. Like, how does that dynamic work where you have to be a leader of men, many of whom can be 15-plus yeah. years older than you are? Yeah, 10 to 15. Different. It's different. Sometimes, I, I mean, it's everything. It's probably personality. It's probably, like, the product you're putting on the field. It's probably a mix yeah. of everything. Um, but a lot of times your, your play kind of speaks for itself, I would say. You know, Jalen's 24. He doesn't act 24. Um, but you know, he's our best player. He's balling out there. He's got everybody's attention type of deal. So I don't think it matters at that point, but, uh, there's good vets too. You go in a locker room, you meet someone who's older, who's been there his whole career. Cam Jordan's been on the saints his whole entire career. He's done a, yep. a good job of, of, you know, not treating anybody uh, different or whatever. So that, that's always cool. Um, but it's definitely different, man. It's hard to explain. There's, like I said, all different ages, different teams, um, guys every week but i think it's just kind of like knowing your role at first and then being confident in yourself getting on the field playing uh earning everybody's respect it's kind of like a little bit of everything um so it's weird constantly think about it but then you think okay jalen's 24 and you know blah 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 is 30 whatever you don't even think about it at that point you kind of feel like you're both you're both older and you're both out there playing doing the same thing trying to win got it yeah. And then ending up on the Eagles this past season, it's a pretty cool spots to land, obviously, ended up in the yeah. Super Bowl. What is the Super Bowl week? What is the Super Bowl experience like? Is it just like everything that it seems to be in terms of all the hype and the you know hundreds of thousands of people flocking to that city? And I, just, I can't really imagine the level of... It's crazy. Kinda... It was so fun. Such a great year. Crazy, obviously. You know, I get claimed by the Eagles. I got... Basically, I got cut by the Saints at 11 a.m. on cut day. I got claimed at 11.05. I was in Philly at 5 p.m. same day. No way. So it's like, it's crazy how that works. But wow. join a team. I go to the first practice on Saturday. I'm there, and I'm like, this team looks pretty good. No, I, you know, I didn't know. They look good. Good O-line. Jalen's looking good. A.J. Brown, Devontae, those guys were killing it. And yep. then we just start winning, and we just didn't lose for a long time. And I was like, wow, we really have a shot at this. And then Super Bowl week's awesome. You go out. We were there seven days early. Um, we were, I think we were in South Phoenix, kind of tucked away by ourselves. There's a ton of distractions all week. There's just 
parties every week. There's media every day. That everybody's there for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but practiced at the Cardinals facility. Stayed at a cool hotel. Had a lot of time. Uh, dinners, whatever. You know, like yeah. I stayed with anticipation at Notre Dame in those games. Like the Super Bowl was crazy. Just seven days of just like waiting for the game to come. Just yeah. the buildup is insane. Yeah. Um, there's like mandatory media you had to do t- three times. Um, I can imagine Jalen was probably just like, man, can we please just play? You know, this, is, this is crazy. But awesome experience, man. Just got to go to the, the, the whole stage, everything there, um, all the fans. I mean, it's two organizations with really, really loyal fan bases. So it was an unbelievable environment. But then once the game kicks off, there was times during the game I didn't even think like, oh, this is the Super Bowl. You just think, oh, it's another game. Like <laughs> yeah. kind of back to your roots type of deal. But yeah, even at halftime, like it's halftime. I didn't forget Rihanna was out there screaming and whatever. Yeah. I'm like, you forget. <laughs> um, but awesome game. Obviously came up short. Felt like whoever got that ball in that last possession could win that game. And the goal is to get back and win one and get a ring. But definitely an opportunity that, you know, not many people get the opportunity to have. So felt pretty blessed to be on that team. It was awesome. Great journey, good team and like like every team, like we'll never have that same team again, you know. So, special special memories. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. I'm so glad we could talk about all this. Yeah. No and uh, best of luck with OTAs coming up. Thank you, man. Appreciate we'll be keeping it. an eye and be rooting for you. Appreciate it, dude.